What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 47 of the Fear Being Average podcast, health, fitness, performance series. Today, we take a look at what to look for from a nutrition coach. So this is a very broad space. There are nutrition coaches left, right, and center, especially if you follow a lot of fitness accounts and you have people that are in this space, right? They've probably worked with a nutrition coach at some point or another, whether they've gotten good results or not, I don't know. But on this episode, we take a look at seven different things to look for when hiring a nutrition coach, right? And not only for you to look for, but for you to understand the importance of a good nutrition coach and the direction that a good nutrition coach is actually going to take with you because there could be a bit of a backwards understanding of what good constitutes, right? And a lot of people, they equate their goals with good. If my coach can get me my goal as fast as possible, that is a good coach. You might be wrong on that account. Good coaches are able to educate you and articulate why you may need to do something before you actually get your desired result because your health is the priority and long-term success is the priority. So this episode is going to go all over that today. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, like and share the podcast, and definitely hit me up if you have any questions after listening to this particular episode. Enjoy today's episode. All right, so we're going to be talking a little bit about nutrition coaching because I think a lot of people out there would need some assistance, need a little bit of guidance and direction on how to optimize their nutrition. And that can be for multiple goals, right? Or a multitude of goals, whether it's weight loss, fat loss, general health, longevity, muscle gain, strength development, performance potential. So there's a lot of different ways to go about nutrition and performance nutrition looks different than fat loss nutrition and Fat loss nutrition looks different than healthy, longevity-based nutrition. So, yeah, I can see how the, the space can get a little bit confusing and complicated, especially if you don't know where you're coming from or you've been given this you know, broad-spectrum influence or advice of, of one-size-fits-all or there's this diet fad and another diet fad. There's a lot going on out there. Now, at the end of the day, it's about eating healthy, making healthy choices, creating a healthy relationship with food and nutrition, um, not being uh, neurotic about nutrition. That's the healthiest approach. Um, how we get there, um, it's a long-term approach, right? It's longer than what's going to happen over the next 30 days or three months or six months. It takes a lot of trial and error. It takes um, experience. It takes kind of understanding what you know what your body responds well to. So there's a lot of things that can get in the way of know you having a successful nutrition journey and this is where nutrition coaches come in right they're designed um, as industry experts if you find the right one there's obviously a lot of you know phony nutrition coaches out there that you know really build their business on fast turn results and now this is the problem right because it's easy for me or would be very easy to sell the sexy meal plan to sell the sexy result in 30 days or 60 days or 90 days because it sells. Me showing someone that looks relatively unconditioned, out of shape at day one to really good shape and ripped on day 60 is going to sell really well. And most people aren't going to give two shits about how they got there or they don't know enough of what happened 
to that person's body to get them there. Because at the end of the day, if you want to get someone ripped, let's restrict some calories. Let's keep the body moving. Let's get a, a high activity level, um, a high meat count. And you're going to get ripped, right? If we just start taking energy away from the body and we're expending more energy, we're going to look like a leaner, more ripped version of ourselves. Now, what that doesn't show on the surface is the biomarkers of that individual. And what I mean by that is what's their sleep like? What's their mood like? Are they suffering from anxiety and depression? What's their stress like? What's their libido like? Right? What's their gut like? What's their quality of life and overall well-being like? What, what's going on with their hormones? Right? Do they have compromised testosterone and growth hormone and they're not signaling proper hormones at the most ideal times of day? Right? There's so many things that are going on. How's their skin? How are their bones? How's their lean muscle tissue? Right? How's their metabolism? You know, is it completely shot? Well, yeah, if you ended up getting ripped in 30 days from being out of shape, yeah, you definitely restricted a ton of calories and jacked up stress and you, you know, restricted nutrient um, requirements from your body. So something has to give. If you're eating a thousand calories a day, well, something's going to have to give big time. Um, so the body is in a really unhealthy state. And that's why you see a lot of bodybuilders now. They're, they're pursuing a sport, right? They're the good ones. They're very intelligent what they're doing or they have coaches that help them go through this process, but it's a very unhealthy sport in terms of it's not healthy to maintain two to four percent body fat, right? You're doing your body a lot of damage in that state long term for the most part, right? 100% is not a healthy state to be. If you look at women at a very low body fat percentage, they're going to have a really hard time procreating. Um, they're probably going to lose their period. You're going to notice a lot of skin, hair, and nail issues, and not to mention mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being, right, is going to be affected um, in performance, in life, in general. So it's not a healthy state to be in. Now, like I said, bodybuilders are pursuing a particular sport. They have hopefully done their homework and done their research and practiced what they're preaching, and they're going in with a very healthy relationship with fitness and nutrition because that can be one of the worst things for a person to do if they don't have that healthy relationship and they just are using fitness and bodybuilding shows as a crutch uh, and a purpose in life, yet completely neglecting all the other aspects of what makes them happy and fulfilled um, and actually improves their quality of life. So we need to keep these things in mind when we're looking to improve our health and performance is that we need to do it in a much more mindful manner. We can't just sporadically say, tell me what to eat. Yes, that works. I get that. If I tell you exactly what to eat and we do this whole macro breakdown and you're completely rigid and very diligent with what you're saying, you're neurotic with your eating patterns, you're going to get in good shape. How sustainable is that? Rhetorical question? It's not. It's not healthy. It's not very sustainable. It's the 1% of people that are going to be able to do that. Mostly bodybuilders that are actually doing this as a profession, right? So we want to do a much better job in this space of guiding people the right way so that they not only lose weight and have a healthier maintenance weight, but they're improving biomarkers. They're living healthier. They're feeling stronger. 
They have healthier bones, joints, ligaments, ligaments, sorry, you know, skin, nails, hair. Metabolism is thriving. Hormones are thriving. Sleep is thriving. Stress is reduced. Right? Those are the important things that we want to nurture. And a lot of poor nutrition coaches, they give you a one-size-fits-all. They don't take those things in consideration. Right? They want to rush the process because they want to get a great result. They want to get a great testimonial. They want to move you on. And then when you fail afterwards, when you rebound, it's not the nutrition coach's fault anymore. It's your fault because you weren't working with them anymore and you weren't disciplined enough to stick to this routine. So he looks or she looks like the hero. She got you in great shape. She fucked you up hormonally. So now you gotta, you have no idea how to reverse out of it. And then you naturally put the weight back on and then you do it all over again thinking, oh, it was my fault over the last three to six months. Well, yeah, partly, but also the coach screwed you up. They left you in a position where it was a no-win situation, right? Like you weren't going to continue to eat that way, nor was it healthy. And you didn't know how to reverse yourself back into it. And you had an unhealthy relationship with food, seeing food as a problem, seeing excess calories as a problem, seeing that you need to live in a calorie deficit and train six to eight times a week just to get good results, which is not the case. And then you're scared to ever go in the opposite direction and put on muscle mass and live healthier and get stronger, right? And increase your nutrient requirements and your calorie intake. Because you're so petrified and you don't know how to do it intelligently. So when you do try to maybe, that rebounds because you've done way too much way too soon. And you're so, excuse me, restricted that you end up binging. And you have this binge restrict, binge restrict mentality and approach nutrition. And then you're just literally, you know, you're paying someone to get you in good shape for a couple months. Right? Take some good photos. Get the hell out of there. You know? But again... Horrible strategy, not only from a sustainability standpoint, but from a health standpoint and a relationship with food and, and, and exercise and fitness, which is unfortunate because this should be an outlet where you thrive mentally, thrive physically, thrive emotionally and spiritually. All those things that we talk about are just so damn important, which we're almost neglecting because we're so hyper-focused on one specific thing, which is, hey, get me in great shape as fast as possible. Tell me what to do. I don't want to know, right? I don't want to wait. I don't want to be patient. Just get me where I want to go. I desire to go as fast as possible. And then that complements with different types of exercises that are unhealthy for the body in a calorie-restricted state, and they don't take into consideration that they're going to lose muscle mass with a specific type of training, even though you're going to burn more calories, increase your sweat, yada, yada, which they think they're going to get there faster, they're going to lose weight faster, right? They're going to burn off body fat faster, potentially, but they're also going to lose way more muscle mass, right? Which again, does a lot of harm to the body and completely negate what we were just doing, hopefully, when we were in a build phase trying to get stronger. And now that you've lost five pounds of muscle, okay, great. Where does that leave you, right? It leaves you in a pretty shitty position um, and it's really hard to, to manage at that point, right? So we want to, when we're looking for a nutrition coach, we want to look for certain things that they're going to help us with, right? We want direction, of course. We want guidance. We want confidence. We want a system in place. And this is really important, right? And if they give that to you and the things that we talk about in this podcast are being nurtured, then you've probably found yourself a good nutrition coach. If they're not, if they're saying, eat this, believe me, I've been 
around plenty of clients that have transferred over to me and I've seen it, right? People that are, I had one gentleman, 240 pound guy, big guy. I think he started at 270 or whatever. And the the guy looked great. The coach looked great. He was ripped. He was shredded, you know, former bodybuilder. And he had this guy eating like a 1,200 calories. And this client friend of mine, horrible mood because of it, um, hit a massive plateau where he was eating 1,200 calories and not losing weight or body fat at 240 pounds. So what's that tell us? A guy who's 240 pounds can't lose weight or body fat at 1,200 calories. The guy was starving himself basically and he couldn't lose weight. Right, His body adapted so much to this low calorie intake that he screwed himself because now the only way to lose more weight and lose more fat was in that moment to drop more calories. So become more irritable, fuck up your hormones even more, slow down your metabolism, wreck your performance, reduce your quality of life and overall well-being, increase stress, mess up your sleep and recovery, lose muscle mass, like horrible strategy to be in, right? And these are nutrition coaches out there that look great. They sell you a story. They sell you what you want to hear. But as a coach, you need to be told or at least sold and educated on what you should hear and need to hear, not what you want to hear. So if a nutrition coach checks these boxes, off the bat at least, you're probably going in the right direction. You're with someone who has a long-term mentality for you, not to take more money from you, but for to actually get you better results. Because like I said, I would sell more programs. I would have more testimonials of people looking ripped three months from now or two months from now if I sold the approach of let's reduce calories, let's increase activity, and I'm going to be on you to do that. And we're going to be super rigid, super neurotic. You're going to carry around everything with you. You're going to be completely obsessed with this process over the next couple months. You're going to get great results. Not going to last. Not going to last whatsoever. You're going to have a really unhealthy relationship with your body, with yourself, with food, fitness, nutrition. You're probably going to resist and res- and push back against this process. And it's going to make you resent the process, which again, we want you to work out and take care of your nutrition and your well-being. So why would I want to put you in a direction that's only going to hinder that relationship and potentially get you to remove yourself from something that's so incredibly valuable in your life, right? The best thing you can do for your overall health. Why would I want to create a negative relationship with that particular space? I don't want to do that. So it takes time, it takes the right client because again, I get a lot of pushback early on. I sell a system, a lot of people buy into it, love the way it sounds, but then they start doing things that they're, they've been told that they shouldn't be doing for so long, right? Maybe we're bumping up calories, maybe we're doing strength training, maybe we're not doing high intensity workouts, maybe we're trying to eat more food, maybe we're trying to you know, reduce the total volume of what we're doing, and it's so, and then the weight's not going down immediately because that's not the goal for that person. The goal is to get them healthy first, right? But people will restrict and push back and I have to talk them off the edge and have conversations with them, which is fine. It's part of my job. I'm like a fucking therapist, which is cool. I know what nutrition coaching is about. It's not just follow this. I want to have an open dialogue, right? But this is what happens. Early on, I get that, hey, the buy-in takes some time. The buy-in takes a few months because a few months from now, you'll go, wow, I haven't lost that much on the scale, potentially, depending on where you're starting. But you know what? My body's looking trimmer. I'm looking fitter. I'm more conditioned. I'm stronger. I'm feeling better. I have way more energy. I'm sleeping better. 
my stress is reduced. I'm not having these cravings anymore. You know, this is sustainable. I enjoy what I eat. Doesn't feel like I'm restricting myself or, you know, I have energy throughout the day. And my sex life is improved because I have more energy. My libido is bumping. It's a great, great things. Everything's going in the right direction. Let's keep it up, right? And they've probably put on some muscle mass based on what we're doing too, obviously. Strength training, eat more calories, eat more protein, boom, more muscle. So, and better performance in the gym. So it's one of those things, right? It takes time. So let's dive into this episode. I can keep going on about this. So let's go into the seven things we're going to focus on for what to look for from a nutrition coach if you're looking to hire them, okay? Number one, no meal plans. No meal plans. Why is this a poor strategy? Meal plans are a teacher giving you the answer. Go Google meal plan. If you want to get a meal plan of healthy food, don't spend money on a coach. Go Google it, right? Go find yourself a damn meal plan of how to eat healthy. Not that hard to do. They're all over the place, right? Meal plans are giving you the answer. They're telling you what to eat. Fantastic. Cool. Maybe you need some direction there. It doesn't mean I I wouldn't, as a coach, give you direction and guidance of, hey, these are some foods I would like you to eat, but I'm not going to. Meal plans are very specific. They're very eat this at this time. You know, they're very guided in don't go off the path. So it's not about meal plans aren't just about, hey, healthy foods. Yeah, we need that education. But meal plans are this specific design. Here's your macros. Here's your calories. Here's when you're eating them. Go. Insert apply. And this is where we have pushback, right? Because it's not a very sustainable way to live. You basically have no idea why you're eating it. We haven't even addressed any behavioral issues at that point. It's like, well, maybe you're eating 20, 30 grams of protein a day. And I want you to eat 160. Like, how is that going to go? If I give you a meal plan... Where I just jacked up your protein by 130. You're going to feel full and you're going to be like, whoa, this is hard. This is difficult. I'm not used to eating this many calories. Maybe you're eating 1,200 calories. Now I want to eat 2,500 in an ideal situation. Like I need to understand your behaviors. I need to understand what you're going through, what you want to accomplish, what you're struggling with, what you're doing well. So we want to create a little bit more of a, of a push and pull behind this, right? We want to find the right solution. I don't want to just to give you a cookie cutter plan that has a ton of healthy nutrients and healthy calories in there because it's just not going to get you where you want to go long term. It's going to get you where you want to go short term potentially, but it's going to feel like a challenge. It's going to feel like something that's a complete 180. Like you can't give someone who's never worked out before a five to six day a week training plan. It's not going to work for them. They're not used to training at all. Why would I give them five to six days of training? Let's introduce them to the strength training twice a week. Let's get them to walk, right? I'm not going to get them to run. I'm not going to get them to do crazy conditioning or hit classes, doing plyometrics, doing things that are, you know, rapidly jacking up their heart rate. I'm not going to throw them in where they have to like completely turn their life around and feel like, holy crap, this is what exercise is. No, and the same thing with meals. Right? You want to guide them to making better choices. And meal plans are, here's the answer. I'm not going to teach you anything about what we're doing here, but just follow this. And this, like, what are you going to do? You're going to follow that meal plan for the rest of your life? Of course not. What happens when you stray off? What happens when you go on vacation? What happens when you go to a birthday party? Your holidays come around. You're not going to eat like that. So now we run into the risk of, I don't know how to manage food. I'm, I'm used to just being told what to eat and eating. I have no idea how to actually manage my behaviors, control my cravings, 
develop a healthy relationship with food, navigate and intuitively eat within these different periods of the year. You know, you go to you know, barbecue in the summer, you go to a party in the summer, Christmas party, birthday parties. Like you need to be able to navigate this space with fluidity and intelligence, right? And awareness and mindfulness. We need to work on that. Meal plans, they don't harness those aspects of nutrition. They want to give you the answer so you get a great result right now with no fucks given about what happens when those times be are introduced where you don't know how to navigate them. Right? That leaves you in a really tough position. So we want to educate. Coaches should be able to slowly introduce and rectify one behavior at a time, which we're going to get into right now. So behavioral adjustments. Number two, very important. We want to understand the individual working with, right? Some people, they might have a behavior where at nighttime, they snack like crazy. So maybe that's an individual where we go, hey, we're going to actually cut you off around 7 p.m. That's the last meal you're going to have because we know at 8.30 9 p.m., this person sits down in front of the TV and they snack. Okay, and that's where an extra 400 calories comes from. Empty calories, mind you. You're not making chicken breasts and Brussels sprouts at 9 p.m. Maybe another individual has an issue with low protein. Okay, I look at their behaviors and I go, okay, you know what? We need to adjust this one particular macronutrient. So what we're going to do is that we're going to introduce more frequent meal times because you told me that having big meals upsets your stomach and you're not getting enough protein in with your you know, two meals per day right now and we can't force feed 75 grams of protein per meal right now or 50 grams of protein per meal. So let's introduce as a behavior, let's do four to five to six smaller meals, right? And we slowly incorporate, we slowly adjust. Maybe I have someone who's coming from an, you know, an anorexic background, right? Maybe I'm having someone come, coming from uh, the opposite end of the spectrum, right? And they overeat and they use food to suppress feelings of sadness and anger and angst, right? So then we need to adjust that. We need to understand the person, right? We need to really look and create barriers and create you know, adjustments within that person's psychology to make sure that they actually make good, healthy decisions in the long term, right? Because if we just start telling you what to do, with no understanding of the person on their current habits, current choices, current lifestyle structure, I'm going to really screw them, right? Because what if I deal with someone who's always working from home compared to someone who's always on the road? Those are different behaviors. Those are two different types of meal plans for that person or meal suggestions, right? How do we navigate that space, right? How do we get them to make healthier choices when they're on the road compared to when they're at home, right? Maybe I see that, hey, every time they're in a rush or they're stressed, they make poor decisions. Okay, that person might need to meal prep, and be prepared and have things ready to go so they can make healthier decisions when they are in a stressed, illogical state where they're not gonna make the best, most progressive decisions for their desired result. So we need to do a much better job of addressing those behaviors. And if we're not addressing those behaviors, the individual is always going to go back to those behaviors. They're always going to 
make poor decisions based around those behaviors. So what we need to do is really talk about and educate on, hey, here are some potential obstacles we're dealing with right now from your current set of behaviors. And here are one or two adjustments at a time because guess what? I'm not going to throw five things at a person. I might give them a couple focuses, but I might say, here, here's our primary thing I want you to focus on, right? And we slowly but surely subconsciously create healthier choices, healthier behaviors, right? Maybe it's just getting up and every time you're about to you know, have, a, have some food, you ask yourself, is this helping me? Maybe someone isn't mindful when they're eating, right? So for that particular person, I ask them, hey, before you eat a meal, look at your plate, look at the food and go, hey, is this going to help me in my pursuit for my desired goal? Is this taking care of my health? Is this making me healthier and happier, right? Because now we're creating mindfulness or we remove the screen away from the individual when they're eating because every time they eat, right, they're doing it in front of a screen so they eat mindlessly and they're just snacking and picking at foods rather than sitting down and mindfully being aware of what they're eating. So again, those are just a few examples of how we can actually address behaviors that way we're getting to the root cause of the issue, not just throwing a Band-Aid on what's going on and waiting for that Band-Aid to rip off or fall off. That's probably even a better way to look at it. Okay, next one, open communication. So we want an open dialogue with the nutrition coach. We want to be heard. We want to have a conversation. We want to have more understanding of what the process looks like. Um, and we want to be able to ask questions and you know have a real conversation with a real person, right? It shouldn't be robotic. It shouldn't be a just do this and shut up. It should be real education. Like I love when my clients ask me questions because it allows me to actually educate them. It allows me to allows me to articulate my point and my perspective on how we're going to get them there, why this is important, and you know what we need to do to be successful next week, and why we're not going to rush this process. Like I like the opportunity to have those conversations. Even if they had this conversation three weeks ago, it allows me to reinforce what we're doing and why going down that other path isn't going to lead to long-term success. So again, you want to have open communication between you and the coach, right? Because the coach and you need to trust each other. You need to build a relationship and, and a bond to a certain degree, obviously, right? And maybe that means you need a little bit more of this or a little less of that, and then you need to understand styles, of the person that you're working with, you know, coach and client, but you want to be able to have open communication and slowly but surely educate yourself on the process so you feel like you can ask more questions, you can get more answers, and you can be more aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And chances are there's going to be way less pushback and resistance towards that, right? When you see what you're doing and you're able to actually communicate with an industry expert, and they're able to articulate their point in a way that makes sense for you based on your particular specific needs, you'll have more confidence with that individual, right? Because now they've actually listened to you, they've heard, and now they're applying a particular routine built around the system that works for so many clients. So again, it's really important that we have that open dialogue, we have communication, and we have that understanding of where we're going why we're doing it and having that trust built in because there's going to be times where you're not going to see what they're trying to do and it's going to be really hard for you to trust them but if you have a little bit of trust you go hey this person has my best interest at heart you'll be more willing 
to give a little bit of leeway and leverage to them because you go, you know what? I hired them for a reason. They're the guide. I'm the hero of the story. They're trying to get me to where they have gone or they're trying to get me to where they've had other clients go. And I believe in them because, hell, we have it's open dialogue. They're open and honest with me. There's a lot of trust built in here. And I'm going to actually give my trust to them. I'm going to give what I'm doing, my routine up to them because I trust what they're doing and what they're trying to do for me. All right. On the next one, we're looking at individualized adjustments, planning for your goal. So I kind of mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast in regards to if your goal is for performance, if your goal is for muscle gain, strength gain, fat loss, weight loss, that's going to look different. Now, at the same time, someone might come to me and say, hey, I want to lose a bunch of weight. Great. Why do you want to do it? What have you tried in the past? What's worked? What hasn't worked? What's failed? You know, all that stuff. I want to know. All right. I want to know what, and I want to know what the real goal is. Is it to lose weight? Okay. That might be part of it, but maybe it's to, to hang out with their, their grandkids later in life. Maybe it's to have a healthy baby. Maybe it's to feel better emotion. Maybe it's to thrive at work. Maybe it's to have more confidence. Like I want to know these things. Maybe it's to look better in clothes. So again, so I want to know the root cause of what's going on because chances are for a lot of people, it's not just the number on a scale or this or that. It's, it's the way they feel, look, and perform in life. So again, it's going to look a lot different. So for me, it's about understanding where they really want to go and then planning for their goals, right? Their specific goals. Because someone comes to me as a performance athlete that doesn't even need to lose weight. They just want to gain muscle. Okay, Gary, that meal routine and, and the strategies behind that, it's going to look a lot different for an 18-year-old kid with no responsibilities, no stress, and all but working out and, and lifting and eating, that he's going to be able to follow a different plan than someone who has three kids, a high-stress job, has tried multiple failed diets in the past, exercises at high intensities like crazy, or never exercises for that matter. Okay, well, we're going to have to make adjustments, right? We're going to have to approach this in a much different way right we're gonna have to be much more detailed much more specific and much more individualized based around your specific goal so if and again that means i'm still going to use my system right but maybe i'm going to fast forward certain spots or i'm going to hold back on certain spots right if someone's hormones are already revved up and at a really healthy place and they're coming to me at 160 pounds and they're eating 2700 calories feeling good right? Okay, I don't really have to restore your metabolism, right? Like you're, you're probably really good. You're in a great spot where you're not gaining weight at a healthy calorie range and you're ma- maintaining weight at a relatively high energy dense state. Okay, great. So again, maybe we can then move forward a little bit and we can focus on this or that, right? It, it's going to be a quicker process for them, but maybe the muscle growth and development process that they're looking towards, you know, based on their specific, specific goals, will take a little bit longer and we don't want to just throw too much, you know, at you at this at the at the beginning. So it's always going to be these slight adjustments, right? So it's it's really trying to understand the individual, dialing it back for them, right? And planning for their specific goals, right? And chances are it's not where they want to be 2 months from now or 6 months from now. Chances are they don't want to go back to where they are today. So it's understanding and trying to 
you know, plan for them to be successful in the long term because that's the goal, right? Long-term sustainable success. Like we want you to thrive not for four years, not for four months, but for the rest of your life, right? How can we do our best right now to get you to really develop a healthy relationship with food and fitness and health and well and wellness where this becomes easy. This becomes second nature. Right? And this allows you to get everything you want, maybe not as fast as you desired, but to actually keep the results that you're after. Right? And then we're really onto something because we're making strides that are going to give you everything you want and more. Right? Because a lot of people they don't understand the benefits of getting in better shape other than the things that are right in front of them. Like, oh my God, I'm going to look better. I'm going to get rid of these rolls. I'm going to have a little bit more energy. I'm going to have more confidence. I'm going to slim down, look a little better in a dress. Yeah, those are all, all those things are going to happen, but maybe they don't take in consideration what's going to happen with their sleep. What's going to happen with their stress? What's going to happen to their breath? What's going to happen to their overall health markers? What's going to happen to the inflammation in their body? What's going to happen to their skin? What's going to happen to their posture, right? What's going to happen to their gut? So it's one of those things that we want to make individual adjustments to make sure the person's happy, but also getting exactly what they want in the long term. And a coach, a good coach is going to plan for that and keep them in the know. All right. Not fast forwarding the process just because. So again, I mentioned I have a bit of a system, right? It's one, a system that I follow from NCI, um, at least the basic kind of groundwork of it all, right? And phase one is more of a metabolism restoration, right? So we're, we're restoring someone's metabolism, getting it to that point where they can eat a sufficient amount of calories, which should be good for their body weight and for them not to see adjustments one way or the other necessarily, right? Because if someone's eating, like I said, if I bring you back to that, First example of that individual who is 240 pound male eating 1200 calories and not losing weight or body fat and feeling like crap. Well, we got to restore this guy's hormones, man. We got to metabolism. Like we need to get him working himself way back up. We got to reverse engineer this whole process and reverse this whole process before we even think about, excuse me, losing more body fat and losing weight and just is what it is. So if I give someone strategies and rituals and plans and, and habits to introduce in their routine and they're, they just, they haven't adopted it. They haven't put it into their routine. Like it's ritualized. It's not subconscious. Why would, excuse me, why would I fast forward that person? Just because there's a timeline, just because I say, Hey, in three months. And again, that's another fault of a poor coach. They tell you they're going to get you a result far quicker than, what's actually practical and logical and healthy because then they feel like they owe you that, right? Oh my God, in three months, I told this person I'm gonna get them to lose 20, 30 pounds. So I have no other directive but to lose 30 pounds for that individual. So they're gonna do things that compromise your health just to lose weight so they don't look like a liar. <laughs> but if I come to you and I go, hey, this process can take a little bit longer than we thought, than you thought, sorry. We're gonna have to do you know our first system and we're not gonna move on from that first phase of the system until we've really owned that system, right? Till we've really seen our meta metabolism be restored, where we start seeing healthy biomarkers, where the body can actually function at a high energy balance and thrive physically and mentally and emotionally, 
right? And that we have healthier behaviors adopted. Like we need to make sure that happens before we move on to phase two, because if we just move to phase two without phase one being done, we haven't done anything. Like we have, we've done nothing for that person. And we're literally saying, hey, fuck phase one. We're going to go right into phase two, which is fat loss acceleration. Great. But, we, but we're not going to keep the results down because now we're going to have to you know, jack everything up. We're going to have to restrict calories, increase activity level. We haven't even put this body person's metabolism back in place to where we need it to do it in a healthy state. If I just skipped that one gentleman's you know, phase one, for example, and he wasn't maybe adopting behaviors and we weren't increasing calories you know, successfully, I'm not going to fast forward that person. We're going to say, hey, we need to stay in phase one until we get you there. Because guess what? Even if it's the first two months and by that time we should have got to a point where his metabolism is roughly restored, maybe it's six months, I don't know, depending on the individual, you know, their lifestyle, their stress, all that stuff, what they're doing in the gym, and they haven't done it, it's like, well, let's just say they kept at 1,500 calories. Over that two-month period, two month period, they were only able to get up to 1,500 calories consistently a week. Which is like, that would be a fail, obviously, right? If we started at 1,200 and two months is only able to get 300 calories more, but for whatever reason, they had so much resistance and life got in the way and they just weren't able to dedicate enough time to mindfully incre- increasing calories. At that point, I can't go to phase two and, re- and go into a fat loss acceleration phase because we're going to go right back to where we were at you at 240 pounds at 1,200 calories. And that's going to happen within the first week. We'll take 300 calories away from your 15, you're at 1,200 again. Like we're back to literally... Ground zero. So you need to make sure when you're working with a coach, they don't fast forward the process just because they've sold you on an idea or timeline. Unless you want it, unless you want to hire someone that says, hey man, in two months I'm going to get you to lose 20 pounds. And at this point you've listened to this podcast so you know that they're going to do that at all costs without thinking about your health or caring about long-term results. They're hired on just to get you a result two months from now but they're gonna affect your hormones, they're gonna affect your biomarkers, they're going to affect your metabolism, your quality of life, your overall well-being, and you're probably going to put that weight back on. If you're okay with that, then hire that person to get you in good shape two months from now. That's not gonna be me. It's not what I do, I don't care. Give your money to somebody else, right? That's not fulfilling for me. It doesn't do me any good, right? Waste my time. So. You need to find a coach that isn't just going to fast forward it for the sake of fast forwarding it and dial it back, have open conversations with you and say, you know what, we need to own and master this phase. We need to really accomplish successfully phase one before we go to phase two and phase two before we go to phase three because we can't create a lifestyle integration with healthy behaviors if we haven't developed healthy behaviors, right? We can't, will not work, can't do it. So again, it's understanding that and finding a coach that's not just going to push the narrative of a result at all costs without you getting there in a successful manner. All right, moving on. Almost there. We got coaches who focus on health first. Those are the coaches you want. You want a coach who is who uses health as the North Star. I talk about this a lot, um, whether I you know blog about it or write it on social or or talk about it in one of my you know Facebook community groups. It's about health, right? And I, and I love this quote I heard um, a few months back, maybe a year ago, that was for fitness, right? If you chase aesthetics purely, which is like your body composition improving and looking ripped and shredded, health t- 
typically doesn't follow that. However, if you chase health, aesthetics typically follow that. So again, now you're getting the best of both worlds. Not only are you healthy and you're making better healthy choices, but aesthetics, your body looking more muscular, more shapely, more ripped, more shredded, more, more developed, more strong, more muscular, more muscle. What's the word for that? More muscular? More muscular. Yes. That's going to be a byproduct of making healthier choices. Where if you j- chase purely how your body looks, chances are in, in typical fashion you are going to compromise health. We've already talked about it a thousand times in the podcast. You're going to compromise your sleep. You're going to compromise your relationship with food. You're going to compromise your relationships at home, most likely because you're restricting and you're irritable and you're moody and you're pissy. And you're going to compromise your stress. You're going to compromise your metabolism. You're going to compromise performance in the gym and muscle mass. Like It's this cycle. So we want to find a coach, especially when you're dealing with someone from a nutritional standpoint, that fitness too, don't get me wrong, but is focused on health first. That's their priority. Let's get this person healthy. Again, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally healthy. How do we create a really successful story and transformation where this person that I'm working with has, has a new viewpoint a new perspective on nutrition. They don't look at food as the devil. They don't look at food as the problem. They see themselves as the problem, right? And that food is fuel. Food is actually healthy for us. It's good for us, right? It allows us to thrive mentally. It allows us to perform at high levels physically. It allows us to be more spiritually connected, more emotionally secure and confident in who we are and more emotionally stable it helps with our gut it helps with our skin it helps with longevity it helps with health span right all those things are incredibly important that we find a coach who isn't going to compromise health for the result that you were promised that goes back to what we were just talking about don't find a coach who promises you a result at all costs because they're gonna they're, they want to keep their reputation so they're gonna do whatever they can to get you that result at all costs. And they don't give two shits because like I said, after you leave them and you've got the result that you want and you quote unquote think you know what you're doing and then you rebound, it's not the coach's problem anymore. They've got their money and it's not their fault because they can't be held responsible. All they're gonna be responsible for is, hey, I got this person ripped. I got them down 20 pounds in two months. It's all they're gonna be focused on. And they have some validity to that. And again, they can always push the blame to the individual, to the client that said, hey, you stopped working with me and then you rebounded. What we did together worked, quote unquote, asterisk next to it, right? So we got to focus on hiring a nutrition coach who is solely focused on health first and allows health to be the North Star. That's always the direction. Now, there's going to be times where we go, hey, we're going to allow health to somewhat suffer over the next two weeks because we want to do a bit of a let's get you ripped in two-week phase. You know, that happens, right? It's not, it can't always be linear and perfect, right? There's going to be some imbalances and some hierarchies. So there's going to be t- times where I go, hey, I'm probably in a lower percentage of body fat than I need to be. That's quote-unquote healthy. Me being 6% or 7% body fat is the healthiest thing. I don't know, probably not. 5% definitely not year-round. But you know what? It's kind of cool to be 5% or 6% body fat. It's cool to get super shredded and ripped. Okay, whatever, 
right? But at least we're having this conversation and the coach is saying, hey, this isn't the healthiest thing that we're going to do over the next two to three weeks. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm cool with that because there's an open conversation, open dialogue of the consequences of what we're going to do and why it's not necessarily all that sustainable. But guess what? We're going to help you get there in a couple, couple weeks. Okay, great. And that's someone who's at like 10 to 12% body fat, not someone who's at 25. So that is a different conversation entirely. But again, health is that important. We want you guys to be successful long term, which is why you want to use health primarily as the North Star of the path and direction that you follow. And finally, kind of going off that, we want to find a nutrition coach that has long term success at the forefront of their thinking. So long-term success approach because there's so many coaches out there that want to get that testimonial they want to get that before and after picture they want to get the result they want to build their business they want to give you exactly what you need for one maybe because it's easier probably is easier just to tell you what to eat and and say follow this for me as a coach it'd be a lot easier 100 percent, right Two, maybe they can't educate or articulate or they don't want to have, quote-unquote, a conflict of having to convince another individual of, hey, we're going to go down this approach. We're going to go down this path and might actually have you not lose weight for the first three months. Tough conversation to have. It's not easy, right? But if you can educate and articulate on why that's the case, why it's going to be the best thing for them, you have the confidence behind it. Well, guess what? It's not very hard, and this is a conversation I love having because it allows me to say, hey, you can go this path or that path. My path is going to get you where I want to go long-term. Now it's going to be longer-term. I get it, but you've put yourself in a position where we need to go long-term. Like it, it is what it is, right? We haven't done the right stuff for the last few years, last few months, so like, why do we expect in two months that we're going to re- you know, reverse that and rectify everything? Just not very logical. So again, having that long-term success approach is going to nurture your health. It's going to keep the results off. It's going to allow you to really thrive in this space. If I'm talking about someone who I want to look down five to 10 years down the road with and go, wow, you have completely transformed your life for the better. You're not only thriving physically, but your relationships are improved. You know How you view life is improved. How you approach conflict is improved right? Your performance at work is improved. The decisions you make are highly improved. You feel more fulfilled. You feel more self-actualized. You're literally living a life that across the board is really on point because you've nurtured your health, which includes your fitness, includes mindfulness, includes your aerobic and anaerobic energy systems, includes your nutrition, your sleep, your stress, your passions, your purposes in life right your connection with people like all those things improve when we focus on health and long-term success so i highly suggest you find a coach that has a long-term success approach for you and for you to be open to that conversation of saying hey brandon's right i haven't nurtured my health the last four to ten years i shouldn't have the audacity to think that i'm going to rectify everything in the next six months i'm going to make progress in the next six months I'm going to take steps in the right direction, but I have a long way to go. So this is a long-term pursuit. And guess what? Five years from now, I'm going to be five years older. I could be five years fatter or I could be five years fitter. Big differences. These are the things that compound. I know that over time, unfortunately, how the world is laid out today, that I'm only going to increase the gap between myself and my peers. 
at my age. Because I'm, I'm in good shape, obviously, 32 years old. My friends have, and people that I know are year by year getting in worse shape. I am getting in, I wouldn't say necessarily better shape, but I'm becoming more educated. I'm looking at my health much differently. I'm becoming smarter. So yeah, I would say I'd be probably getting in better shape, however you want to look at that. But I'm going to constantly recertify up, get new certifications, new educations, learn more, read more. I'm going to be a more knowledgeable individual coach, trainer, educator, right? So I'm going to be making steps in the right directions year after year. Every year, I know I'm going to get a little bit better, a little bit more self-aware of what's going on. So that gap of people that I know or people in society at my age that are just, you know, letting life kick the shit out of them, and I'm kicking the shit out of life, like, wow, at 40, there's going to be a big gap. Hopefully, I look like I'm 32 at that point. They might look like they're 45 and 50. And I don't really give a shit about what they're doing, to be honest with you. Like, this is my life, so I don't really care what they're doing. If they're thriving, fantastic. If I'm thriving, great. But it's just the unfortunate aspect of it all is that a lot of people think six months down the road, they don't look five years down the road. I look three years down the road. I do a lot of free stuff, put a lot of content for free because I like it. I enjoy it. It's a passion project of mine. But I'm also building a brand, building a business. And I go, hey, where's this going to get me three years from now? What kind of trust and audience will I have and following? And how will I be able to educate more people. How many resources will I have available to people on my network, right? Will I have 30 webinars to give out? Will I have these things to sell? Will I have guides to direct people on every fucking topic that I care about and I'm passionate about, right? How will my fitness be? How will my kids be when I'm 40? I don't got kids right now. So again, these are hypothetical kids. But you get my point. Right? Like I want to be an advocator of this and I want to have a long-term approach for myself and my clients because I get that it doesn't end with me. It doesn't end after we stop working together. And if we keep working together, fantastic. And sometimes it's just check-ins, it's accountability, it's a little bit of direction here and there. Right? Good stuff to do. Or we, you know, we touch base every few months. Right? We do a, we do a check-in. We do, a, do some self-auditing. But those are things that are really important. If you don't find someone with a long-term success approach, expect there's going to be high likelihood that they're going to do everything in their power to get you where you want to go, not where you need to go. All right, guys. With that, be sure to follow the Fear Being Average podcast. Subscribe, rate, comment, share the podcast with people that need to hear this. Um, this is going off this conversation I have with clients and people that you know maybe have a little bit of pushback to of, of nutrition coaching. And I tend to really open their eyes to what we're doing, uh, what the system's about. I'm not the only good nutrition coach out there. Uh, I'm not going to toot my own horn. I think a lot of people have been successful with me. Have other people have failed with me because maybe I haven't articulated well or maybe they have had a lot of pushback and we haven't been able to turn that corner. Maybe they weren't in the right mindset at that time. But I'm learning developing and I'm learning to, to really understand what a good nutrition coach is and why good nutrition coaches are so damn valuable and how I can become a better coach. And again, I have resources for people out there as well that can be coaches that I push clients to um, and myself, right? So it's just one of those things I want to create a healthier network of people to help you guys out in any way I can. So again, we'll see you on the next episode of the Fear Being Average podcast.